This is the Progression Project Podcast, deconstructing foiling, flow, and the learning process with your host, Eric Anthemson. What's up, folks? Thanks for tuning in to the podcast. I'm your host, Eric Anthemson, and I'm live in studio today with the legendary Ryan Finch from Foil the World. What up, Brian? What's up, buddy? It's fun, dude. Yeah, this is surreal. In person. In person. I just spent the last couple of days setting up a studio at the house. Brian and I will probably be doing a lot of these. Maybe Pedigo on here too. Um, it's really fun to be able to sit here and so much better than doing it on yeah. a Zoom call. Or... Some back and forth and just yeah, expressions. <laughs> we'll be talking over each other. <laughs> um, I guess the big news here, man, and what everybody wants to know, and we're gonna, we've got a ton of questions from everybody online, so thank you guys for shooting those in. We'll do those at the end. But the big question, and I think about four or five people ask this, is why Florida? I've been getting that a bit. Yeah. Every, why Florida? <laughs> um, uh, mostly family reasons, yeah. honestly, yeah. Be closer to, uh, to my wife's side of her family. She's, we've been in Hawaii for over 10 years. It's where I grew up, but uh, we moved back there from Costa Rica. And, uh, and it's a long run for her. It's far away to get back home and uh being in costa rica or being in florida where you know just a step away from costa rica and, and she has family that lives in florida as well so that's the bigger part of the motivation but um opportunity too you know living on Kauai, it's it's opportunity can be limited at times um why is that uh it's small economy yeah small island yeah small population um cost of living through the roof you know, housing market through the roof, like many places, but especially on the island. And now with COVID shutting down so much tourism, that couldn't have helped. Yeah, COVID shut my career down in, you know, yeah, in a snap. Uh, as a photographer. As a photographer, right. yeah. And uh, my biggest focus was wedding photography. That's where I made my the, my uh, lion's share of, right. of my salary there. Yep. So how's Florida? Like... Foiling. How do you Foiling. like? Yeah. How do it's, you like it? I mean, Florida just in general is super different. Okay. The foiling's quite different, um, but it's rad. It's super fun. I mean, been having a blast, and and like uh, you and the crew are telling me, this is probably the worst two months. It's been flat, and so if it gets yeah. better from here, that's that's amazing. Yeah, because it just gets better from here, right? Literally, from <laughs> this moment right now, we got Tropical Storm Fred sitting off the coast. We should start seeing a little bit of uptick this afternoon, and then we got about a four or five day run. Looks like we even get some hard south wind Sunday or Monday. We should get some real runners. I know what that means. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Brian got his first taste of a little runner, a little baby all frothing. Yeah, baby runner, and that was even that was was incredible. It's uh, it's you know runners are there like downwinders, but kind of in the shoreline, right? So in and out of in and out of the break, you can. You can ride in and, and ride waves, go left, go right, pump back out, cruise for another mile or two, see something you like, go grab it. It's 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 pretty insane. It's world class like downwind runs. Um I from from what I sampled and knowing that it gets much better and you're like, Way Oh, better. this ain't nothing. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's super exciting. It is. I mean, it's really cool to have someone from Hawaii, someone who is at your level, come and experience this because we've had no outsiders come do shore rows with us yet, and you haven't really seen a real one yet. But we've always thought that they're legit and that they're incredibly good, and it's going to be really cool to watch you. Like, 
I think you're going to freak on the north ones over the winter. During during this time of the year, we get all the souths, but over the winter, you're going to get those norths. They're constantly peeling out left instead of yep, right. Yep, I hate them, but <laughs> um. honestly, when we when the day uh, I did a few a few rounds down to the pier from yep. here. Oh, uh, my neck was like starting to get sore because you're <laughs> constantly like looking yeah. over your shoulder and you're, you know, so much peeling out to the right. It was funny. You got to like, go oh, feel yeah. it, feeling a little in my neck. One of the things you can do is you can go way out and then work your way back to the beach going front side. Right. You know? Yeah. I caught a few lefts. Yep. Which is kind of bizarre when it's sweeping, totally sweeping right. And then you can catch a little like double up left and do a couple of carves and and back out yeah and the cool thing is is that you don't necessarily have to ride high aspect downwind type foil because you know on good days there's tons of chips everywhere i mean you're in a beach break right so you can ride a you know game changer stealth or a lift 150 and you limit your run i mean you're going to be doing shorter runs but then you're just banging the whole time like you can just just take it as a surf session with half mile long waves instead of like a downwind session which is really cool too until you start battling with someone who wants to go the distance then you have to go the distance with them and that's um that's a whole different thing but you've been on that new 925 armstrong just hooked you up and it looks good it looks it looks really good it looks super fast you pulled away from me the other day when i was on the gc 1260 like quickly i don't know if it's lift 120 fast but talk about it it's ridiculously fast. Yeah. Yeah. Pumping, riding. It's uh, incredibly efficient. Uh, it's easy to manage, too, if you compare it to 1125. Jumping on the 925 is intuitive. Right. Yeah. The 1125 takes takes a little practice. It's so much wing. It's a lot of wing. And the 925 is not going to get you the same, I think, uh, ease and distance, but really close. Uh, it, I think it depends on you know, the size of swell and wind swell you're riding, uh, the 925 I th- in, in bigger conditions will probably easily outpour, outperform it. Um, you know, just the speed and, and whatnot, but performing glide though. Yeah. And speed and mowing over bumps, you know, you think the 1125 is going to be faster than the 925? No, no. I, oh, the other way around. The other okay, way around. Okay. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. I agree completely. Yeah. I thought the 11, I just got the 1125 and if anyone wants to buy an 1125, hit me up, DM me. It's probably not the wing that I'm going to spend a lot of time on. Um, although it is probably one of the most efficient foils I have been on. It just, I don't know, doesn't give me enough performance. There's other foils that do so much of what it does efficiency-wise that you can still crank around. But maybe winging or maybe like legit downwinders. I think for for like record-setting distances in this area, I think 1125 will be, will be a, a nice tool. It would you be. Know, I'm already fantasizing. I've only done like the tiny, you know, runner that we had, we had those two days, um, in, you know, suboptimal conditions according to you, but I'm already fantasizing about, you know, driving 30 miles South and, and, and winging, you know, maybe 30 miles, uh, exaggeration, but, you know, driving quite a ways South and, and, seeing what kind of like crazy distances we can achieve yeah on a wing i'm sure you could downwind winging it'd be insane easily easily i do five six miles trying to go upwind right i mean the wrong way i'm going downwind but i'm trying to go upwind on a wing um 
what else are you writing? How do you find the difference in power? And that's something that I, you know, breaking down everyone's videos, watching everything out there, and then getting all the feedback I get from the podcast. I think it is very condition specific what is working. Foils are um, built to fly at different speeds and for different weight riders. And, you know, our swell, at least the last couple of weeks that you have been here and we've been flying together a lot, like it's been really weak. And so, I think that your toolkit from coming from a place where you have deeper water, longer period energy, it's going to be a lot different. How different are you finding it? And how has it changed your approach to, uh, to, to how you're taking all these sessions and what gear you're picking? Well, I showed up uh, before you got back to town and uh, had a handful of sessions on the 1050 Armstrong. And it was tough because it was very small, weak, um, a lot of pumping. Just the way uh, it was, you know, breaking right on the bar. You've got to, you know, get up on foil. You've got just a few seconds before you're going to run into the sand. So you got to get up, get your wing up high, and then uh, start pumping your brains out and get out to, you know, right. searching for some lumps. Right. Um, so quickly realized uh, I need I need more wing now. Even the same size kind of stuff I could get away with on like my 900 gain changer or even the 1050 Armstrong. And, and it's a bit too much effort here in those conditions. Um, so yeah, I've started, went kind of back to writing, uh, long, longer, uh, larger wings, more wingspan to, to help with that. You know, there's, so, you just do a lot of pumping here. You do a lot of pumping here. Yeah. yeah. Especially in these conditions. I imagine winter, spring, fall, whatever, when there's more swell, right. It's not so. And you're getting the speed from the wave. So even when you're pumping in better surf you're exiting waves with more speed and yeah, I find myself, you know, pumping in the middle of waves all the time in different sections. And yeah, it's one of those things that I don't think that we factor in enough when we look at ride time is the amount the ocean is giving you. Um, I don't know. I seems like my legs are just always sore here. Right. Always destroyed. I mean, my legs are always bust in Hawaii too, but Mm -hmm. it's just, different in a different manner yeah we have a lot of long or yeah we have a lot of long waves on Kauai and a lot of times you're not you don't really care you'll maybe you'll chip in grab the you know the first wave of the set and just pump out to one behind and then ride that you know as far as you can sometimes depending on the conditions you know the it'll you can link to different reefs you know your ride is going through like three different surf breaks um and in different orders, depending on, on swell direction. Yep. You've seen kind of like two spots here. I, I consider all the sandbars like out behind the house here, 18th, where you ride a lot. I consider that all kind of like one spot. It's all pretty much the same setup, you know, maybe different a little bit in depth. So you ride at a little different tides. But then the other spot that you've gotten to see is our uh, one of our shoals. How do you like that setup? It's pretty unreal. Yeah, kind of blew my mind because yeah. uh, when you first pull up, it looks just like another beach break, but you drive, uh, you know, f- further down the beach, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden it's coming from different angles. There's wedges, um, there's yeah, bars outside, bars inside. It's it's this is skate park. It's a foil park. Yeah, and then the other side by the jetty there, you haven't gotten to see that yet. That's like a, that's just like a legit Sebastian Inlet Caldera type wedge way smaller not as heavy but that gives you like a 
legit skate park where when you're banking into turns or like it's cool different different angles you have waves coming at like 45 to the main wave and then i've seen some surfable waves over there one day when we went out but um you haven't seen it doing doing its thing yet yeah that's rad um so let's dive into what you're going to be doing here because i think that's a really cool thing and i think people are going to be really stoked on it and you know i'll be a part of this process too but i think that you're going to be the main guy yeah so i need a job <laughs> and uh you know you and i were talking before i came out and and spitballing some ideas and uh and really excited to team up with someone as frothy and knowledgeable as you and and business savvy and and we're gonna start doing camps yep. it's exciting foil camps we've uh we you know we partnered on on the foil camp that i was involved in in costa rica one of the first ever right it was years ago yeah a couple of years now yep right before covid it yep. was one of the last little trips I did before COVID hit and locked us up there. Yeah. I think it's going to be really fun. I think it's going to be cool to see, number one, how it grows. So if you look at where the sport is right now, and if you look at the and, – and you and I both have this inside track of what people are looking for because of the podcast that I do and then the social media – presence that you have we're seeing this desire to get better from so many people and so it's a natural extension you have a long history in coaching surfing i had a stand-up surf camp in costa rica for a long time and i've spent the last 10 years really breaking down the learning process and so it's going to be really fun to pair the passion i think that we're seeing um online from the folks who are are listening or following um along with the spots that we have here, because I think we can run a lot of this here locally because it's really good, especially for certain levels. And then in the future, branch out and do some wicked retreats yeah. and some incredible, that's what I'm looking forward to is like next year, finding these just gems across the country or across the, across the globe and, and being able to just go foil new spots and learn a bunch and hang with rad folks. Absolutely. The, uh, it's kind of perfect to run camps here. I'm definitely is. looking looking forward to, you know, going overseas. It's yeah. it's you know, it's a blast and new places, but um the waves get really good. And like 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 I realize it's and we haven't even seen like the best of times yet or the best well, you know, we've been in these summer months um and the 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 little swells that we have had, they're a blast. They're perfect. They're so foily, uh very rippable. They're low consequence. Um, it's just great conditions to to hone skills and kind of be coached in that sense. Yep. Um, yep. I think the first one, what we were talking about that we'll do is going to be in September. Yeah. Probably. And the if anyone's interested in doing that, um, shoot us a DM or an email. And it will be, you'll have to be able to pop up Either sup or or prone is fine, but you need to be able to pop up and at least fly. We'll, we might do some beginner stuff like learn to fly in the future, but the the first ones will be about getting better at foiling for someone who has already bought into the sport and has uh, has learned to to get the beginning steps of catching a wave and and getting up up to as good as Brian surfs, which is world class. So, yeah. 
don't know about world class, but <laughs> but we I, I think we definitely have a lot to offer as far as coaching and, and information from even from dialing uh dialing in your foil gear. Oh yeah. Um that's that's a that's a puzzle that we're still solving on the daily, but we've learned a lot and and there's just so many, so many options, so many variables. It's like a maddening amount of variables involved in just tuning one foil kit. And then you start interchanging parts and it just, it's exponential. I look back at a lot of the things that I didn't like about foils a year or two ago. I think most of it I could tune out now. Like I could tune the gear to get rid of whatever feeling I didn't like. There's some wings that are just dogs, you know, they're slow or whatever, but there's some really good wings that I just think I did not know how to set up properly. I think a big part of that I think is uh, we've evolved past a lot of, um, the wings that are out there too that are yeah. much better suited for someone uh, you know still learning and, and building their skills and we can really feel the difference now having put in a few years into foiling yep and i, I don't think that there's many bad wings like like you're saying like you could probably grab from any of the main brands a wing that fits you and get it to a place that is pretty decent where 2 years ago there was such a big difference. You look at like what Cliffy designed two years ago versus some of the other stuff that was out there. Right. It's like night and day. He's so ahead of his time. So ahead of his time. Just a legend. Um, yeah. So what are you frothing on right now? What are you most excited about? Let's talk uh, gear wise first. You got your new boards. You got a bunch of foils that have just come in. Like, what do you, what do you, what combos are you loving? Uh, for the conditions, uh, high aspect has been a blast. You know, quadruple dips on up. You know, you can just you're seeing a lot of pumping. Um, uh, I'm looking forward to getting back on the game changer mm-hmm. when we get a little bit more, a little bit more swell. You um, did that secret session on it the other day. Yeah, but is I caught like three waves. It yeah. was ter- it was kind of terrible. It, it wasn't much. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a secret anymore. It was the waves are terrible, and it was probably not the it was definitely not the right wing choice for the day. Right, but probably not even a great choice just to go out on that day. It was, it was, it pretty, was meager. It was the worst day. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. But, um, but yeah, I'm, I'm put the, put the game changer back together and looking forward to, you know, cracking the foam, which is something so fun here. Uh, uh, you know, the waves are so rippable, you know, you can just drive into them and, yep. and, you know, like you've been blasting your tail all over the place and, you know, I, I feel like, okay, I need to, I need to get back into that. The FBU baby. <laughs> the foam bangers union paying our dues <laughs> getting it trying to get it's been that's been really fun like what do you think about the crew here you've gotten to surf with a lot of the guys now fly with a lot of the guys how how rad is that you know like how does it feel here the froth level versus froth level back on Kauai? It's real similar is it yeah absolutely yeah. it's uh you know i haven't met a foil crew or really any one foiler that's, I mean, I, I, let me start over. Okay. All the cruises as a whole have all so cool from Maui to Oahu, Kauai, overseas. Um, soup, I mean, just foiling, just everyone's stoked to do it. You know, you're, you're, it's usually you're not in a crowd. There's an abundance of waves. It's super fun to share a wave. You know, party waves are like, like high five in action. Um, yeah, but everyone here has been super welcoming um helpful like texting me hey 
here's where to be at what time, you know, helping me along. And, uh, and no, it's been awesome. Yep. But yeah. then every once in a while you get a guy like Dave that you have to deal with. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, where's this going? Nah, I'm playing. Dave's been amazing. Yeah. Picking me up, hauling me all over the place. Yeah. Dave's a legend. Super frothy. Yep. Such a good dude. I was gone for four months. I came back and he was so much better. It was unreal. So, so cool to watch. He's just having like breakthrough session after breakthrough session this last couple of weeks. Just in the two months I've been here, I've, I've yeah. seen him you know, yeah, level up. I mean, hard work is, is a 95% of it, but the other 5% is he got back on the 1210. Right. <laughs> yeah. That's, and that's, man, that 1210, you know, I've seen an action on, on Kauai, my buddy Kahi came, mm -hmm. came over and I've seen him just ripping and pumping around like crazy and the speed and flow of that foil provides. And, and then seeing a uh, pedigo and yourself riding them in these, in these soft conditions and you're getting like high aspect pump and speed out of them, but with, you know, like a small medium aspect wing type carve. Yeah. It's kind of blowing my mind. It, 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 it's a foil I'll never sell. You know, like it has its place in a quiver for sure all the time. Yeah. Like it's, I think it's on my wish list now. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. It's like, I can not want, want one of those and see you guys ripping it up. Yeah. And Pedigo just, if you guys didn't see his Instagram, and I think you posted it too, he designed a tail for the 1210. It's actually a tail he designed a long time ago for GoFoil that I think Alex is now making, but Pedigo designed it. And I know because I was a part of the, I mean, I wasn't a part of the process, but I was along there watching the process. I get, yeah, it was all Pedigo. And um, that tail also sh uh, shortened the fuse length, yeah, exactly. which is huge and lets them wrap those turns really tight. I had done that, um, I don't know, like two years ago, I guess, on, uh, on the Stealth 175. And it got to a point where, I, you know, I loved that wing. Um, but, you know, Armstrong started uh, producing shorter fuses. I was like, oh, I, I want that. I want, I want that feel, but on my other, on the stealth. And I chopped mine, but I'm... Uh, you chopped the, the fuse I itself? chopped the fuse off. And, okay. And, and, and yeah. Dropped some new coils in it? The coils, thank you. I was trying yeah. to come up with that <laughs> word. Yeah, so <laughs> dropped in some coils and it was, it was tricky. That's a tapered mast. And right. so it was, trippy, it, it was tricky to to get the angle right yep. and it took me a few tries I had to take it apart and shim it and 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 you know epoxy those coils back in because i didn't do a good job <laughs> with the coils as well but uh but then i had that like that short tight turn radius feel that's right it didn't last you know super long i beat it up and that's a, a huge difference between hawaii and here's um all the wings i've been riding that were new wings i've been riding here right they still look brand new Oh, and, yeah, I don't think about that. On Kauai, literally in one or two sessions, the thing looks like it's been in a tiger fight, especially where I'm from on the south side of Kauai. It's it's shallow. There's It's all reef, and it's shallow on high tide at times. Mm -hmm. You know, you constantly bump your foil, paddling back out, and sitting for waves. And you don't often hit while riding, but it's not. It's super common just to be sitting there waiting for a set and, and just scrape around on the bottom. Yeah, I don't I don't really think about that. I guess in Costa Rica, a few sessions, I've scraped bottom, but that's nice. I mean, I hit the bottom all the time. I yarded myself the other day, <laughs> pumping at full speed. I was going into like when I do like the like when you when I try to throw the tail, I do like this thing where I kind of come real low, and then I'm ollieing the board as I come into the lip. And as I was going really fast on one, and I went to go do that ollie, 
And you, as I went to go real low to load for it, I nailed the bar and just sent myself fully into the lip with my face. Um, but I didn't break the board. Couldn't believe it. The boxes were solid. I have a little crack on one of the boxes. Oh, do you? Yeah, I have a little crack on my JS, but um, not bad. I mean, some other boards would have would have been destroyed, I think. I've that. driven straight into the sandbar a good 15, 20 times <laughs> since I've been back to. <laughs> so far, no damage, but it's yeah. sure flip it over and first thing you do is check those boxes and yeah. make sure everything's still there. We were, we were talking about Dave a little bit before and and uh one of my favorite things about dave is how personally he takes it when he hits the bar <laughs> it's like the bar is out to get him i know he'll listen and he'll love it um but yeah it's like a personal affront when he hits the bar <laughs> uh talk about your new board you've got new freedom pro model brian finch that just came out it's the foil the world pro foil the world pro. how's that <laughs> pretty legit it's a, yeah, it's a, it's a design, a kind of my concept, um, and, uh, a design that Chris Sayer and I, um, the founder of freedom, yep. he does and, all the designs, there. design guy. Yeah. Yep. Um, that we've been refining for a while. We went through a couple iterations, um, but I'm pretty happy with the, with the latest models. And so the design is, uh, the board's supposed to drop later pretty soon. Okay. Yeah. Later this year. Can you talk about it? Can you talk about the design? Um, uh, it's really good. It's really good. Yeah, it's all you're gonna give us. <laughs> so far, yeah, yeah. Oh man, well I'll talk about. I may it, have man. said too much already. We're 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 waiting on release date. Okay, well then I won't talk about it. But it looks good. It looks good. But if you guys are want to see what it looks like, just watch Brian's videos because it's what he's riding all of them. So yeah. you can kind of see. You can get. You can gather some clues there for sure. Yeah. No, it looks good. It's a departure from what and i think it's in the right direction if i'm being honest from like my feels and where i've landed on what i like i think it's super in line with everything that i think is great so the the the, ov the overall concept is just the pursuit of blending you know thruster th you know three fin shortboarding more with um with our foiling that we're trying to kind of mimic surfing in many ways you know i want to get up in the lip and boost and you know crack the foam and and whatnot um roundhouses and that kind of stuff and and so it's the the design is supposed to aid that process right yeah i mean and that's an interesting thing like as and i see it in everyone as people get better at foiling the you start using your board a lot and so when you're first flying you want things to get you out of the water right away and that's all you really need them to do but then as as like folks get start getting really good now all of a sudden you need to be able to directionally change with your board you need it to be slippery in certain places and grab in other places and like the design for those boards is is very different i think and um that that board reflects that i know when we all started the, you know the Everyone is, says uh, the board doesn't matter. You're up out of the water. I said it all flying. the time. Yeah, yep. it was it was a common misconception, but it didn't take long for us to realize. Oh, oh, it's the board is huge. It makes massive differences. Even even one of uh one of our sessions when you first got back, you you had ridden a, a board that you didn't typically put on that foil you're riding, and kind of had a shocker session. It's like that's not that's not a match. Yeah, I'm having a shocker. I'm I'm so upset 
and and Brian's just clowning on me in the water <laughs> um, as Pedigo and Brian are just smashing. I had to say something because I was finally having a good session. <laughs> yeah. Actually, on that board, so I love that board. That's one of my favorite boards ever. It's a design I did about a year ago, and I built it for the Kajir 980. That's what that board was built for. And it's perfect for that. Boxes in the right place, the whole thing. But now I've started riding a lot of lift and a lot of signature, which it's like four or five inches farther forward where I ride those foils. So the boxes aren't there. So today my project is going to be, and I don't know, maybe you can answer this as a good good idea or bad idea. I'm going to drill some new holes in my lift mast so that I can move it forward a couple inches. Yeah, I feel like I suggested that to you. You probably because did. Because I, I, uh, a bus, I saw Skyrama did it. Yep. And like a year and a half ago, a buddy did the same thing yep. um, because he just couldn't get the foil in the right spot. But he didn't really do it right. And so it's not something I had was uh, willing to recommend. Right. But now that I've seen it actually done properly. Yeah. Uh, it's 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 a clever idea. Yeah, I think I'm gonna drill M6 holes in the lift mast because it'll be smaller. You'll get more. I don't know. I've been thinking about it. I was either gonna extend the boxes, which I think is a I can't without putting too much weight in the board. I haven't been able to figure out a good way. If anybody has an idea for like a box extender, uh, let me know. I think that drilling a hole in the mast is easier. If I mess it up, I guess it's an $800 mistake on that lift mast. But Experiment. Yeah. My buddy Kyle Maligro on Kauai, um, he had a similar problem, and he just dropped in like a second half half uh, box. Yeah. He cut it in half and just put it right, kind of butted up against the old one, and yeah. it was good to go. I was thinking about doing that, but I am concerned with the way that I lay up my boards Yeah, that – there's there's very little structure um here again i don't want to give away what i do but like it's such a weaker section of the board farther forward mm -hmm. not high density but and you're adding weight to the board you add yeah you're adding weight we're not after we're not right. looking for heavy boards yeah for the most part i guess the thing to do is if you drop a box in to maybe put some sort of washer underneath the bolt to spread out the load a little bit more i think it's probably a good idea yeah Especially if you're using a, a smaller bolt too, yeah. you're gonna want to you want to crush that mass plate or crack yeah. it. Yeah, that's a good idea. Maybe some of those like um, Takuma bolts, which are bigger, kind of have the head on them. Yeah, yeah. But I'm I think that's gonna be bonkers because that board's only four pounds. So I think that pairing that with the lift 120, which is it'll be like a 10 pound setup. The whole thing. Your boards are really good. Thanks. They trip me out. Yeah, they're great designs, Thanks, and man. how light they are was like, how'd you do that, man? <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> they're super light and strong. Um, yeah, I was, I was really impressed. Well, as Pedigo will attest, I break everything I ride, and so it was a process of trying to figure out how to not break something. And you know, the two boards that I did my first uh, test on are the ones I still ride, and that's over a year ago, and no issues. It's uh, it's it's kind of cool. Um, Pedigo actually uses a lot of some of that in, in his. He's actually gone a step farther. I won't give up what he's doing, but he's got a really cool way to. You can't break one of those. They're they're insane. But it adds about a half a pound. He comes in about a pound heavier than I do, but he does a full carbon lamb, and I I use like it's like basically like a short board. Um, his board's a comp pretty light setup. Oh. Right. His boards are pretty phenomenal too. Yeah. I, I grabbed one of his. We actually switched off uh 
in the water for a few waves. Yeah. And I was like, wow, this thing is super light. Yeah. No, I love him. I'm actually, he's coming by this afternoon and I'm getting another one from him. Um, we're going to talk about what shape to do because yeah, he's a, such a good craftsman. If you guys haven't, yeah, I've said this before, but check out his work. It's so good. The, um, in he's and- just hard to get a board from. He's got like, he can only do a few a month and he's got a long wait time, I think right now, but get in there if you want one because they're so good. I think you can order one of those specialty tails from him too. Yeah. I had a, after I posted that video kind of showing off his work, uh, yeah. I had a, a buddy, uh, DM me, he's like, yeah, I ordered one. Sick. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, he, he told me today he took off two weeks of making any boards to just do a big batch of tails that he's going to sell. Smart. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, it's cool. He's a craftsman, man. He loves it too. I keep saying like, you got to like uh, figure out a way to outsource this. He's like, no, I just love doing it. It's like <laughs> a piece of art. I think you should sign him. Just, yeah. Um. So we have... Think about twenty or thirty questions from people. I think we just dive into those for the next little bit, and then uh, if anything sparks from those, we just go into it. Does that sound like a good plan? Yeah, let's bring them up. All right, let me get to the hope beginning. We, of hope this. we have the answers. And from some. Uh, all right, and I'm gonna butcher everybody's instant names. But um, <laughs> those are great. Uh, Fuelero Culero uh-huh. says, <laughs> HA foils. That was his question. What are your I, thoughts on high aspect? You just kind of mentioned that a little bit. They have their time and place, certainly. And, yep. um, and some of the newer ones are riding real similar to a medium aspect wings. And then you have the best of both worlds. I yep. think that. The lift 120 is kind of a testament to 925. that. And the 925. Um, you know what impressed me about the 925 watching you ride it, especially because it's an Armstrong, is that you can breach it. I think, yeah, I, I wonder, it's, it has to be intentional. I'm know? sure. I'm sure. I mean, everybody's been heard, talking about it. I heard the gripes. Yeah. About, yeah, breaching the tips on the other wings can, it, it can be tough, especially if you're not ready for it or if you're not, you know, practiced. I, there's there's a handful of dudes out there, and you see them flipping the tips there and there and here and there, and and they recover fine. And but that I think that takes practice, kind of intentional practice in in busting out the tips. But even those guys, you still see them go down on accident when they're not planning on a little, you know, tip breach and catch them by surprise. Let's let's pull on that thread for a little bit. When do you think you can get away with breaching tips on different foils? Talk through the whole, for anyone out there who doesn't understand what we're talking about, just talk through what breaching is and what, what you're looking for, what you like in a wing um, for anyone that's uninitiated into this. Well, there's tail breach and, and front wing tip breach, right? Uh-huh. Um, some foils just completely ignore ignore the breach like uh, it's uh, unaffected other foils will you know they you know they breach the water um air bubbles will run down the wing um they'll kind of create a pocket and you kind of fall in that pocket and, and you and you lose foil right i might have butchered that but that's my understanding 
what do you like? Do you what do you like in um a wingtip? What do you want ideally? Uh, one that just yeah that can come out of the water and you don't even feel it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's usually when I breach the tips, it's it's not intentional. You're just you know pushing hard. Uh, you're kind of loading up close to the surface and, and cutting back. Um, tail breaches on my game changer 900. It it is completely fine with uh, breaching as and then the tail um, that I had a design influence on not my strictly my design you know it's right. kind of build off Cliffy's um, large uh, that his his original like I think it was an 18 18 tail the race the tail. yeah the race flat one right um, signature adopted um, Katie Maui chopped yep and and later refined and so it's you know, it's borrowed ideas for sure. Uh, but that tail, if, as far as tail breach, that thing kind of slides and pokes out of the water and, and does great. Um, seems like the curved tails don't often do as well. Talk to me about tail breaching because that's something that I'm skeptical on. Like when are you able to breach a tail? In, I mean, hitting foam for sure. You can throw your tail out the back. But how do you breach a, t- a tail in a turn or are you just talking about hitting foam? In in uh in a turn in a turn yeah, and I've I've seen it in my videos a handful of times. Um, it's almost not not only but typically doing backside kind of snappier, kind of backside snap. So back you're like throwing turns. the tail, not not really, just kind of turning sharp, mm-hmm. and you go up and you know you you're pushing hard trying to get that, you know, snapping uh, type. I don't know how do you explain it. Just kind of a very sharp kind of like a surf turn but there's no not really any spray right the the last example i can think of is uh in right before i moved here my stop off in in orange county um and we had a you know a a couple of fun little tow sessions and one of the clips near the end of the wave just kind of not vertical but you know bottom turned up to the top of the wave and and kind of gave it that backside look and snap Right. Did it like a few in a row and you can see that the front wing stays in the whole time, but pushing so hard on your back foot and you're, and when you draw that high up onto the wave, the tail tends to, tends to poke out. Gotcha. Okay. That makes sense to me. And then I've also seen it, you know, not just my, my own writing, but you know, plenty of people, um, you know, drawing high again up on like usually front side kind of example is drawing high up onto the a steeper wave and then when you're setting setting the foil kind of rail and cranking back um, a lot of times uh, you don't you're, you're pushing so hard and you're getting lift lift back from the foil that uh you don't sink it as deep as you you want and you're kind of like skimming the surface for a minute before it really bites in and and drives a little deeper into the water and continue your turn that makes sense I like a lot of tail release now. It's like one of the things that it, it's the it's my only drawback to the Takuma setup is that it's very difficult to get that foil. I don't know if it's the um, what are they called the whale tail things on there. Um, I'm blanking. Tubercles. 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 Yeah. I don't know if it's the tubercles or the tips or the fact that it sits so far back in the box, so you don't have the same amount of leverage. But it's very difficult to get that foil to slide, um, even in foam. And that's one of the things I really like about like lift um, or signature. 
is that they just slide really quickly. You can get that tear release, mm -hmm. and then it sets up um, being able to, to stay a little bit you can, tighter. Uh, you know, a lot of wings will slide, but uh, but the flat tails um, are, are really easy to slide in that sense. The, yeah, I agree. I agree on that one. All right, so go to the next question here from Matt Coast. What up, Matt? Um, Is he going to ask about front back foot first? Front foot first again? <laughs> he, he didn't. <laughs> Matt, you're slacking. You keep the campaign, the campaign, stay on the campaign trail. He wanted to know why you moved to Florida, but we covered that. But he also wants to know about brand loyalty. Do you think that we're going to start seeing, this is his question here, paying oil contracts? I think guys are going to be getting paid soon. Are guys getting paid? Yeah, guys are certainly getting paid. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's started, started. Um, at least a year ago plus. Right. Yeah. There's not, not a lot out there, but yeah. Guys are getting paid, boys. I was going to see if you're going to expand on that answer. <laughs> Who's getting paid? <laughs> I know a few people. Yeah. <laughs> Guys got a very tight lip today. Um, Latham. What up, Latham? Uh, how did you get so awesome, Ryan? <laughs> Come on, man. Uh, I could ask him the exact same thing. I'm looking forward to to heading south for some some uh, some shoal sessions with Latham. He's got it dialed. Yeah, super dialed. Uh, good waterman. Seems super knowledgeable. Ripping. So Latham, how did you get so awesome, bro? <laughs> uh, foil Graham, what is your favorite foil discipline at the moment? Uh, I'm I'm excited about the small waves again. Yeah. 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 About banging whitewash. And uh, I still haven't landed a, 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 a front side 360 on film. And so that's like, I need to, I need to check that off. It's been a long time already. But something that's pretty exciting here is, is, uh, is no one frowns upon you for filming freaking foiling at some spot that no one's out at anyway. That's as, weird, huh? As in, yeah, back home, it's still, it's still like weird vibes here and there. But, uh, and, and, in footage, as, you know, that's the, the kind of the centerpiece of our foil camps is filming, filming the, uh, the attendees right. and learning from, um, you know, from our coaching, but seeing yourself and having all your waves filmed, it's, so, it's, it's extremely helpful. I know that's no big secret, but um, yeah. Well, and there's no scarcity here. No one cares if we post up at a sandbar somewhere Yeah, because there's, I mean, between here and south end of St. Augustine, it's pretty much all the same, depending on tides. I grew up on Kauai, so I understand. I understand yeah. the mentality behind it. Uh, but it's just not uh, ideal for, you know, running a social media page and, <laughs> and trying to, you know, make a living out of, out of foiling. What was the question? Did we, did we get we this covered question? It. Yeah, you said small wave prone. Yeah, that's what I'm kind of excited to get back to really – Hot dogging, so to speak. <laughs> uh, Cowboy writes, Brian, what's the best feeling prone board that you've ridden? And what are you looking for in a board? Cheers. Um, well, my uh, For the World Pro model, for sure, because it's built around my yep. desires, how I want to ride. Um, my 4.2 is my go-to mm -hmm. for, for a while. And I went through a couple different you know, tweaks on that board. Right. And uh, it feels pretty refined now. Um, but I picked up a four or five in, in my model 
that just, you know, narrowed out a bit and, and elongated and, uh, and it still works great in, in, in these smaller waves. Um, and I think I might, I think four or five might be my go now. Cause I did jump on the four, two the other day. Yep. Um, feels like, uh, I do like the four, two straps and I think the four five is the prone board still working it out. You know, I, I want to do some more experimenting cause that yep. board's, that board's young. Haven't had a, a lot of different conditions on it, but, um, a bit longer board um, is is really helpful for you know smacking whitewash and getting into the lip, you know rebounds and all that. You you rely on your board earlier. There's more to pivot off of. Um, you're not as apt to uh, you know head over heels, dig the nose in. You've got that little like the nose picks you do. Mm-hmm. I don't know if those would work on a four o four two. They don't. Uh, you need a little extra yep. length to to rely on, huh? Yep. Yeah, I use the nose as a way to catch the board so you don't go out the back. Right. Just so essentially, like, you're going out the back. Just like surfing. Yeah, and yeah. then you catch the nose, and then that lets you. Yeah, um, and that's it's funny. I've I've landed on four five four six. Right. It's so funny to watch like how everything's kind of coming. You know, as the sport evolves, you know, it'll be the same thing as everyone riding like the five eleven six one thruster in a couple of years, maybe. Right. You know. Oh. Um, a lot of the guys, I think Amundsen was one of the first shapers to to start pushing this, but they had his, his skinny Pete model, and mm-hmm. they went, I think, down to 17 inches wide, 17 three quarters, something like that. Right. And uh, and you know, in the four five, four six range, um, and some of the boys swear by it, but I haven't seen it like really catch on. I was expecting like to see tons of that kind of right. shape, you know, emulated, but uh. There's something there. I still haven't tried one in, you know, I, I, the next board I, I try, it's going to be 17 inches wide just to, just to know. Yeah. And they're thinned out quite a bit too. But when you, when you, when you elongate them, uh, you know, you have more surface area. So you don't need to, you, you kind of compensate for the lack of leaders. You can thin them out, right? stretch them out, even though they're more narrow. Um, it kind of makes up the difference and they still paddle insane. They paddle just fine with a with lower volume yeah that's that's interesting i i agree there except that i don't think it's about thickness or width sorry i don't think it's about width i think it's about touch points and so like i've landed on like 18 and a half for the last couple models i've done but the nose and tail are really pulled in because that's where you tend to touch right and i think you're accomplishing the same thing but I get a little bit more body in the middle for um, for paddling. But I do think that, yeah, touch port points are, are incredibly important. A thinner board and a more narrow board is more responsive, right? Yep. That's yep. So like being able to what, how go down to 17 inches wide, you would think it'd be that much more responsive. I think it's more about thickness, though. Being closer, you're closer, feet, to, closer your to the foil. Yeah. yeah, that's a factor too. I mean, I, your new board's pretty thin. Yeah, the four fives. Yeah, pretty thin, but yeah. it doesn't feel like crazy more responsive than than my four two. No, which is you know got a quarter inch on it or so, right. maybe more. But it's still in the same neighborhood. If you look at some of the older boards, you know you're pushing like three inches. Yeah, you're absolutely. Like, I'm at like two and a quarter, two and three eighths. Yeah, it's like short board for thing, sure. You know. Just enough volume to, and it's really interesting how I look at volume now, and maybe you feel the same way. Where um, it's more about surface area, because as soon as you get a little momentum, you start getting so much lift from the wing. 
your volume kind of, you know, there's a there's some sort of curve of volume and speed, mm-hmm. effective volume, I should say. Right. And so you only need enough to get you up. And and that's only enough to get into the beginning of the wave. I find that surface area, um, I've had some really short boards that have like 30 liters and they're harder to paddle into bigger surf than my four six that is 25 liters mm-hmm. you know it's pretty um it's all about finding that point of diminishing returns right right you can go too far in one direction in any any one d- design concept and it seems you know just like in life it's all about balance that's deep getting deep on this pod, deep, bro, bro. <laughs> um all right where are we at here uh pete caravilio caravello carvalho carvalho no um no, i'm not I can't sorry see. pete i, I just <laughs> murdered your last name brother um oh <laughs> i didn't want to ask this one but since i already mentioned you pete uh did you get eric to finally embrace armstrong in your time together <laughs> i'm still working on it <laughs> yeah not yet <laughs> not yet i you know i know they're good and they're built so well and it's a brand that i really want to love yeah what can i say i haven't felt it yet though. still one of my favorite brands out there for sure you know yeah. what i will they, say you finish that thought and then i've got a thought and they are the best built foil that i've seen out there yeah and and the the design concepts in in the foils and the from the um from the shims to the to the uh base plate um what would you call the base plate tabs the oh yeah you know everything it's it's incredibly well made and very clever. I agree 100% on that. I will also say that the Armstrong 850 changed my son's foiling. What was he on previous? The Uni 150. Okay. He was on a Cloud S24 and then a Uni 150 and now the Armstrong 850. And it's just, it's the only foil that is, has, 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 um, is efficient enough in the water, dragless to for him to be able to pump it because he's light so when he's like on bigger foils that have more drag he just doesn't have the body weight and strength to overcome that doesn't matter how big they are you know he just but the 850 he can pump like crazy and uh that's been really rad so i love that foil it's been so cool seeing uh you guys foil together and and watching watching them double dip and do carves and you're out there hooting and blowing the tail behind them on the same wave and all this kind of stuff. It's, it's, it's really cool to see. Yeah. He's, he's fun. It's kind of, he start just started school. Our, both of our kids just started school this week. And, uh, actually our daughters are in the same, one of the classes they have together is pretty rad. That's cool, man. Um, but it means a lot less foiling with demo. Our two families have a ridiculous amount of similarities. It's very weird, right? Very similar backstories. Very, yeah, like kids the same age. And the deeper we go, the more like, whoa, that's so weird. We've kind of been living in opposites, you know. Very weird. You, how many people have spent, you know, 10 years in Central, in Costa Rica? Right. Um, yeah. All right. So Rad Air 603. Uh, the hell with the hell with nine eighty versus eleven twenty five. What makes you most excited about foiling? Uh, progression. Yeah, progression. Just getting better. I'm still trying to get as good at foiling as I was at surfing. Yeah, and I don't know if 
you know, I'm getting older quick. So I don't know. If, <laughs> I don't know if I'll get there, but, um, but yeah, just, just the progression is, is addicting. The, the, of course you have all the, uh, you know, the freedom and relaxing vibes of just being in the water and the surfing and riding waves and the camaraderie and that kind of stuff. But, but what really drives me is, is the progression. And I feel like the last few years or the year and a half, I haven't had a lot of progression mm -hmm. and it gets frustrating. You know, my life has been pulling me in a lot of different directions. <clears throat> People think I surf every day and that's all they do. And I just sit around and, and, you know, collect checks from Instagram. It's so far from the truth. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty funny. And I don't really get to get out there as nearly as much as I'd like to. And, and, uh, you know, I think that's changing being here and, and, uh, you know, changing lifestyle and whatnot. But, um, but yeah, that, that progression and the desire just to be the best version of myself. Yeah. Where does that come from for you? I think this is just one of the points in life, you know, like why, you know, in, in everything I do, I've tried to be the best I can at it. Um, I, I don't know if it's, it's, I don't think it's learned behavior. I didn't grow up like with that behind me. Mm -hmm. Um, something i picked up along the way i'm not even sure where but maybe it's just the desire to be you know special or or feel like you're something i don't know where it comes from you know i think i think everyone wants to be known as you know anything but just average or or poor or something right. you know <laughs> or skills but but not just in in foiling you know in in all aspects of my life you know i'm trying to live the best most intelligent, kindest, uh, you know, lifestyle I can. Um, it's an interesting thing. And Dave Kalama and I talked about this a little bit on the show, but to be Dave's got probably 15 years on us and he's still in that mindset. His mindset right now though, is like, how long can that go? And starting to redefine the experience of the water for him to to not be caught up and i don't think that he is anymore in in the being the best and i still think that you know for me personally i think i'm kind of in the mindset that you are right now i like i love the progression i love as far as foiling goes i love the the feeling i think it's the most incredible experience but without the ability to be getting better and and the sport's evolving in such a way and the gear is evolving that the pace of growth is still two years in really fast. Yeah. And I mean, I'm watching you do stuff that, you know, a couple of days ago I hadn't seen you do now that you're starting to dial in the conditions and get your gear dialed in the whole thing. And it's just like the iterative process of that is incredibly addictive. And I, I'm a little bit concerned or scared about at some point that starts going the other way. I'm right there with you. How do you feel about that? No, I'm same feeling. It's like, yep. okay, this is my last 10 years. I don't know. Is that optimistic? I'm 43. When do we start taking drugs? Right. Performance enhancing drugs, dude. Going on all the juice, bro. Me too, bro. All the juice. <laughs> Kyle, you heard me, bro. We juicing. <laughs> but yeah, I don't, you know, it's it's a little terrifying. It's, mm -hmm. it's something that we'll have to come to terms with. But then, uh, you know, but then you, you, yeah, you shift your mindset. And then, you know, being, um, you know, being grateful for what you have and just the ability to be out in the water, I think 
is is uh is going to come into play you know i'm just grateful i'm out here you know right. i'm happy i can still ride and uh it's really inspiring i know a couple uncles on Kauai and and even a couple on oahu i've seen and met and know um that they're in their 60s some are deep in their 60s these freaking guys rip they rip still they're full watermen um you know they've been surfing and kiting and doing all this stuff their whole life and and they took up foiling and mm -hmm. it's really inspiring to see these guys freaking like legit ripping a lot of them are, are supping for whatever reason but uh you know i've seen older dudes proning and, and like throwing mean turns precise hard turns big waves yeah. you know like uh kalani Vieira. he's they're not so old yet but you know kalani Vieira and Kavika Carvalho, you know, Laleo Kinimaka on, on uh, Oahu. Um, and uh, there's some, you know, older, like deep in the, in their sixties plus uncles that I'm not going <laughs> to, I'm not going to name them, but, but yeah, some guys just, it's, it's super inspiring. So I feel like, okay, have at least, uh, I'm 43 now. I, I hope I got another solid 20 years ahead of me, you know, at least, yeah. but for maybe only another 10 of like solid progression. I don't know. Right. I don't know. I don't know if that's optimistic or selling myself short, but, um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's something that's in my, in my mind here and there, you know, and definitely try to take care of my body, eat clean and get your sleep and try to avoid injury. I'm good at getting injured. <laughs> I can see why. <laughs> I haven't flown with you for the last couple of weeks. Uh, I get it. Uh, have you met Gunny here yet, Greg? I don't think so. Um, legend. He's I, I, older um, and he doesn't, he, he like looks like he's gotten younger in the last year and a half since started foiling and like he's crushing it. And he's like, I think about Greg all the time. I hope you listen to this, Greg, a little shout out the, his approach, like there'll be a day where he's, he's crazy good on, on the kite. Right. But now he's taken to winging and now to prone having never surfed prone in his life. I think he's in his sixties. And he's taken up prone foiling and he's getting it right. And, but there'll be a day when, when it's a little bit windy and there's a little bit of swell and he'll do three sports in a day. Who's his doctor? <laughs> he's on some. so badass. Greg, what are you on? I love it. That's so killer. <laughs> All right. Fun. Let's go to the next question here. Um, Cole Bufoil wants to know why you moved to Florida. We got that. Let me think of a good one. I don't think he'd responded back. <laughs> <laughs> oh, here's a here's a here's a real good question from kind of sketch person. Um, do you even shim, bro? <laughs> what a creeper! <laughs> so yeah, you're. Uh, that was me. I sent you a question. Yeah. Do you even shim, bro? You want to talk a little shimming? Let's talk shimming for a little I while. I think you're like team captain of the shimmers um you've got everything shimmed do you, is there any setup that you don't have shimmed no <laughs> see <laughs> <laughs> um in the in these waves uh you know small and i was riding high aspect armstrong and and i had it set up for the least amount of drag you know the flattest as you could set it up but it was uh I was bogging a little bit in turns and right. I'm like, okay, I know what to do. And I put on, I think, uh, plus one, 
I think it went from from zero to plus one or something. I can't remember now. I get them mixed up. Right. Um, and uh, just that, you know, that one that one degree, allowing cutbacks and tighter turns, and you know, it gives you a touch less, you know, touch more drag. Right. But that tail angle lets you turn, you know, tighter and gives you that surfier feel. And it's it's that's another thing, like uh, an adjustment from you know from Kauai to here, is is I think I got to strengthen my shim game here for these for these waves. Yeah, I agree. Um, the the thing that's changed a lot of what I'm doing, and, and I think I'm not going to be shimming soon because my new boards that I'm doing are going to have the base plate shim that I like built in. Mm-hmm. I'm changing some of the angles in some cool ways to to try to get that. Do you, but, do you build an angle into your board boxes? Into my board boxes? Yeah. No, I'm going to do it differently, but... I have a certain angle built in to, to my board. You set your boxes at an angle? Yeah. In the a, board? That's yeah. interesting. It's subtle. Yeah. But it's just seems... Uh, and it's not my... It's, I didn't... It's Chris. Yeah. Is, who was but, already doing it. It's funny because I asked him, hey, can you give me this, this much angle in, in the box? He's like, yeah, I do that already. I'm like, oh, cool. Let me ask this though: Like, why would that matter? Because it's the the mass still mounts on the deck, so it's whatever your rocker is. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Okay, yeah. okay. Uh, yeah, it's not like indented into the board. Oh, okay, like okay. It's just in, it, within the rocker, the tail rocker. Okay, you have a certain angle. A certain angle. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm changing the way that I'm doing angles now through a combination of tail rocker and then deck angles, mm-hmm. which it'll be interesting to see. I'm doing the first ones um here pretty soon it'd be interesting to see if it's a good idea or it's not a good idea it should be but maybe it's going to mess up something else you never know maybe for the for the listeners like what circumstances are you finding where you weren't shimming and then you went to shim but what problems were you solving okay base plate or tail let's uh let's do tail it's more standard okay tell us about tail tail shimming i think is all about setup for conditions on the day and so there's no like set setup, like shim setup that I'll have. And it's also tail dependent. So, and I think this is really weight dependent, depending on your weight, how fast you're going and how much forward pitching moment your foil has, and you need to counteract that. I think that's how much tail shim you need for the setup. So like, let's talk about the signature 1260 game changer. Mm-hmm. That foil to me has a lot of forward pitching and turns. The nose, that feeling is when you start a turn, you start to feel the nose pull down. Yeah. And you can get over that with extra base plate shim and, or sorry, with extra tail shim. And it's, it's the counteracting force. And you get that forward pitching motion because normally you accelerate in a turn because there's less drag on your whole foil setup. And so by giving yourself a little bit more tail shim, you're keeping more pressure on the front wing through the turn as you accelerate so it doesn't feel like it dives. And I think the reason that I like that is because I don't like to go very tail heavy. Like, So I think you and I foil a little differently in that you have a wider stance more of the time when you're foiling. It's really shortboard inspired, like really like aggressive in the pocket, ripping. You use your tail a whole lot. You use your tail more than I use my tail. I've been trying for a while to narrow up my stance have and you? it just keeps stink bugging it. Yeah, I haven't done it much, but. I bet if you base plate shim, like I think right now probably, and also Armstrong is so, it's so his lift is so tail dependent. You need that foot back for leverage mm-hmm. or else 
you dive in your turn. Right. I think that by having more shim, like the Kajira is a perfect example. There's so much lift on the Kajira that I can surf. Or you watch um, Foil Wizard or Kahi, like those guys can be way in front of their mast yeah. and still drive turns because there's so much lift on that that they don't lose they don't lose that lift as they're coming through a turn like you do on an Armstrong. They they lean into it, right? And it and it and it's pushing back, right? And it there's a certain balance there. I've seen it, yeah, yeah. I understand it. Um, and you could get that on Armstrong with more tail shim, but then the cost of that is going to be a slower rate. Mm-hmm. And so, like, there's always a trade. But what I found the secret is, with more base plate shim, you are moving the angle of attack on the foil, the whole the whole rig. And I'm plagiarizing Kane here a little bit. He helped me understand all this stuff. But you're changing the angle of attack on the whole rig for for more lift, only relative to where you stand. It's not like you get more lift out of your foil, but you're getting more lift out of the 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 relationship between foot placement angle deck angle and and board angle and so as you dive into a turn the foils pushing on that front foot more and so that was like a big thing for me because i found that in a setup like the lift which you can't change angle of attack of the tail which is how i used to solve this i can get more front foot pressure through turns like i didn't like riding lift at all before i figured this out um but now it's allowing and maybe nick's building that into his boards i haven't ridden lift on lift before but that pressure coming through the turn allows everything to like get a lot more flowy to me um and you don't i'm not as good i don't think it as, for you it's seamless it seems like you're able to handle on the armstrong that moment as you come through a turn and it's all like really smooth for me it seems like it drops out and then i get it back and it's probably just because you're better at that in general because um, you just haven't spent the time on it maybe um but yeah i think that uh just play with shims just get the different feels i think that i don't think that you should do that if you're just learning to foil or even if you're probably like lower intermediate but once you start doing a lot of turns start changing feels of your foil because you can make your foil feel much different through just a couple little tweaks your setup might be good you might just need a 20 dollars shim I feel like, uh, you know, um, sacrificing sessions to get in and out of the water, tweak your gear is kind of an investment in the future. Yeah. It's like, kinda, it's like buying Bitcoin. <laughs> <laughs> Are we going to talk crypto now? <laughs> it, it might, you know, it might dump on you. <laughs> it might not work for a while, but, um, but yeah, it's an investment where you, you'll eventually, after experimenting and, and, sacrificing time water time in, in sessions going in and out or even adjusting on the fly um, it's uh it can pay off big all right dean chimbro i'm going through the questions andrew sayer sire um what up andrew what's your pumping technique brian and how do you adjust for different foils that's a good question uh different foils have different require different angles uh excuse me uh different cadence eric just stepped out so it threw me for a loop <laughs> so on a high aspect uh, they typically like to ride you know closer to the surface with um once you get them up up to speed and going you can you can uh you can kind of give them like a, a tap 
It's a short kind of spiky pump and you keep it up in its, in its uh, preferred like efficiency range. Whereas a smaller foil, a lot of times it takes, or even just not necessarily even smaller, but different design of foils would uh, require kind of like more of a dolphin pump, you know, where you're, you're, you're making uh, bigger arcs in the pump. Um, uh, my technique, I think, is a lot uh, back foot. Um, and I think most people's technique is or should be is kind of driving off your back foot. Um, and it, it, you know, there's so many different moments in the pump. And, and depending on what you're doing, if you're trying to build speed or if you're just trying to maintain, um, if you're trying, you know, if you're going in to set up a turn. But when I'm really trying to get, get my foil going, uh, I find myself, you know, really spiking my back foot where I'm just planning the ball on my back foot into the tail and my heel lifts off. Um, and it's really common. I see a lot of people doing, doing it like that. And my front foot, I kind of, I kind of use it more for a stabilizer and doing that. You can, you can overwork your back leg. And sometimes when my back leg's getting a little tired, I'll, I'll try and, you know, pump a little bit more off the front foot or make it a little bit more even kind of balanced. But I don't know. That's, that's the technique there. You, um, you know, even uh, pumping with your arms, you know, there's times where, where it looks like, uh, you know, my, my arms start at the waist and, and fly behind me, you know, you know, flap them behind me in some, some circumstances. And, and if you're trying to go the distance or getting tired, I'll find myself doing the full arm swing, you know, from front to back. Um, like I was saying, like the, the short little spike pumps, you can kind of not move your arms at all when you're going fast and you're on an efficient wing. Um, these conversations are, are hard to have because there's so many variables, right? Right. It's, you know, everything's so situational from the conditions, the wave conditions to, you know, to the board, the board and foil setup. Yeah. I think that what you said about driving forward is what I see most folks, the mistake that most folks are making where if you look at your video and your hips are centered over your back foot, and you're pushing the nose up and down, but your body is staying pretty vertical to your tail over your back foot, that's not right. The, the most common problem I've seen is people pumping with their upper body mm -hmm. disproportionately to their legs. Mm -hmm. They're like, their legs aren't moving all that much and they're, you know, they're flapping pretty hard, bending at the waist and, and, and flapping their arms quite a bit. Did you do a good job on that answer? I'm not sure. I almost yeah. panicked when you ran out. <laughs> I heard it get quiet. I can't imagine like, <laughs> dude, doing a podcast by yourself. That's, that's tough, man. Uh, getting lippy. Uh, how, how are you going with the winging? Uh, what volume boards are you using depending on the wind speed? Depending Paul, on wind speed? Um, I don't know if I can answer it just like that, but I learned on a 103 liter board. Big old is actually a... a um, a sup foil board and it had no straps and I could basically just squat on it and get my wing in position and just stand up. I didn't have to water start it. Um, then I moved to a 55 liter freedom board and, uh, and it was with straps and straps are even learning. I think straps are the way to go. It's, 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 uh, it makes it all so much easier, but 
even on that 55 liter board, you know, I'm like 155 to 160 pounds, depending on how much I've been eating. But uh, even on that board, I could usually just squat, squat on it, kind of like a jet ski, you know, water start, but wouldn't, don't, I don't, I don't sink that 55 liter board much, just enough to, it's actually, it was kind of too quirky at times. It would float too much. And, and in rough seas, it was kind of hard to balance at times, especially when I was, you know, not as good. Um, and let's see, uh, and then, uh, my newest one is, is thinner, less volume. And I think it's, uh, 36 liters. I can't remember, but, um, so it didn't really matter the wind speed. It was, it was just kind of more the progression of getting better at, at starting on a smaller board, being able to, you know, just better command of, of, uh, of my wing, being able to utilize my wing to get me up and going in, in different wind speeds. Um, but I wouldn't, I never really changed boards cause today the wind's lower. Um, actually that's a little bit of a lie cause when it's really cranking, you know, 22 or I think 22, 23 and up, um, then I, you know, I'd, uh, I'd ride a, you know, my normal prone board with straps when, when it was super windy and that's, um, I remember the first time I went over to Maui and people were like laughing at me and pointing because I had a five meter kite on the beach and it was like 30 miles an hour plus. <laughs> I'm like, what? This is my only, this is my only wing. <laughs> and, uh, and I had my prone board and I was actually hysterically like, uh, nervous about, Oh, I hope I can get up on, on my prone board. <laughs> and that, and that much wind with a five meter, it like launched me into the sky basically <laughs> from being underwater. It was, insanely easy to get up and going but so i guess yeah there's there's times when it was when it's really cranking i'd switch to um to my little prone board a four four oh i think or four one i was i was using a little bit thicker four i think a 30 liter four oh or four one when uh when the wind was really strong next question all right j proton <laughs> proton what's the best foil on the market? And maybe I'll change this just a little bit to if you had to commit to one foil for six months in Florida, what would it be? If you had to commit to one foil in on Kauai for six months, what would it be? I do not like this question at all. <laughs> Putting you on the spot. That's why I gave you the two spots. I don't think there Trying is. Trying to make a, everyone happy. Well, I don't think there is a... Uh... If you had to commit, foil. you have to commit. So, but so obviously, question: What's the best foil on the market? Right. It's it's writer needs. You know, it depends on I'm what you're doing. I'm asking you. All right. Commit to Florida one foil. So in Florida, during summer or or the season coming up that I haven't seen. So let's say, okay, I'll, I'll just do it right now. Okay. Um, for the whole time I've been here. Yep. Um the the 925 is like a perfect summer beater. Yep. It does it does everything. You can still turn it. It doesn't like crank on a dime like uh, you know like my 900 game changer or or even uh the you know the chop 1250 Armstrong. Those you know they're not high aspects. They're obviously you have so much more uh wing width. So that it would have been the the all-around combo for sure. Mm -hmm. You can do a little of everything on it. But I I can't speak in absolutes in foiling. It's, yeah, it's too hard. It doesn't work. I think about that from time to time. If I had to commit to something, um, it would be a tough. It would be very difficult. 
probably game changer 1260 because that covers a lot right. or maybe the takuma 980 but you're still forced to pick um yeah you're still forcing yourself to use something that doesn't excel in any one area or or that's i don't know how would you how do i word that like you're not picking something that okay this is this this setup excels for these this conditions right. of this day right right those you're both have trying to super broad ranges right and i understand yeah. this is usually kind of like a budget question in yeah. many times and i get these from people just learning get so many questions you know dms of, about this it's like hey if i could just if i can only afford one what's it going to be and my response is always what what are you writing are you behind boats are you in the ocean are you uh you know your weight your skill level yep. are you used to you know are you a surfer do right. you have ocean experience and and you just start like narrowing things down for them yeah. My answer to that question is sell more stuff and buy more foils. <laughs> right. Yeah. See, I mean, and you made me answer it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you're the one on the podcast today. <laughs> um, so Dan Combs asks, how do you carve a foil side to side on a wave, like carving a shortboard between sections? Oh man. I don't know. You just do it. Right. Uh, it's kind of, a bit of it's like heel toe pressure. Um, it's twisting, you know, at the waist, uh, the direction you look is typically in board sports, the direction, uh, your lower body is going to follow. Mm -hmm. And I used to coach that in, in, you know, cutbacks, surfboards, you know, whatever board, uh, foil boards. It's like one of the first mechanics is to look over your shoulder in the direction you want to turn, you know, use your arms to follow through the turn and then your, your hips, you know, your hips are, you know, you, you're kind of uh, loading up the hips and then your hips engage and, and you follow through the turn. So like looking in the direction, you know, so I, I see a lot of people kind of like, and I'm guilty of this at times too, but kind of like setting the, the rail of the foil, so to speak, we still have a good term for that. We need a term for that, but I just, you know, set the rail. I've been saying set bank angle, but right. like set the angle. It's yeah. not bad. I don't. I don't know. You kind of set the angle, uh, and kind of like either whatever direction they're going. You know, kind of like you know they're putting a bunch of toe pressure or heel pressure, and kind of hunched and still looking in the direction of the pressure they're putting, which is opposite of the direction they're gonna turn. I don't know. I kind of butchered that, but you know they're not right. opening up their upper body and turning it. They're kind of keeping their stance and their whole body aligned with their toes. Mm -hmm. and trying to turn from there and you'll see it's it's a bit stiffer you're not going to get the same uh, same arc you know you're going to turn much tighter arc if you're if you're looking over your shoulder and, and getting your torso you know contorted first yeah it surf mechanics hold up quite well on foil and i guess it's board sport mechanics really you know you watch surfing or if you watch skating yeah i think skating style is more apropos to foiling than surfing a lot. I think that like, that's what I look for style inspiration these days. I watch a lot of skaters. Mm -hmm. um, but all right, next question we've got, Oh, come on. Why'd you do that? My stream's not playing nice. Chris Rasman. What up, Chris? Yeah. Chris Chris. Is, uh, we're talking about getting him back on the show. You know, he had an epic winner. He won, um, was that big contest? Huge contest. I can't remember. But he won a huge 
huge snowboarding contest. He's so gnarly. Yeah. He's so gnarly. Unreal. I wonder if he thinks about like aging and being at the top of his sport much. Because I think if I remember talking to him before, he's he's been in the game a long time. Yeah. He's been around and he's still he's not old by any means. But uh but yeah. to be at that level and those jumps and stuff winter after winter. Right. Um he's uh Chris is starting or started doing uh lessons in in uh Canada somewhere. Where is he? He does snowboarding lessons. Is he? No, uh, foiling. Oh, foiling. Yeah. Does so he? during the during the summers, he's, oh, killer. Yeah, he's. Or I think he started this summer, and he's asking me a couple of questions about it, and like, frick, yeah, do that, and doing, doing, you know, foiling throughout the, uh, on the lakes where he lives. He comes to Kauai a bit. He's, he's got friends there. We got mutual friends on, in Kauai. Oh, that's so cool. I got to meet him in person one time. Yeah, he's a super nice dude. Rips. Do you see how much better he's gotten at foiling? Like he rips now. I saw some clips of him behind a wake boat a couple last couple weeks. Yeah. Like, I mean, obviously, you get that pedigree. It's like you watch it's the a, pro surfers. Right. He's a freaking athlete. Yeah. He's a gnarly athlete. Yeah. Um. All right. Kit Kaiser. Um, I'm going to change this question just a little bit. Um, is foiling mainstream now that we're seeing really high profile people posting foil videos didn't catch it in the olympics this year but (laughs) um i don't know i don't know what's mainstream there's definitely bigger names you know yeah i think uh you know matahi drolet might be you know as a pro pro surfer that is also pro foiler if you can what about mainstream people like will smith's been on the e-foil that french oh, right. actor yeah mark zuckerberg yeah like there's Zuck's a lot gotta of- be the the most you know he's already one of the most known humans right on earth so whatever he does he's the most you know highest profile doing it yeah for sure um and i said this on the podcast i recorded a podcast yesterday and i said this but i think it's really cool that he went from e-foil into like legit downwind legit yeah, yeah big step yeah and that's awesome to take it on too i think he's actually fully taken it on as like a he's frothy yeah way of life he looks super frothy um nats nativai nats nativai uh sorry if i butchered that hey guys which shim do you have i have a problem with my new board like to the nose go up and maybe the shim the solution yeah um we talked about this a little bit before i'll be quick but yes it like takuma uh out of the box you're definitely flying very nose high which i don't like because it's harder to pump going downhill like pushing forward and then doesn't want to push on you in turns as much although the takuma has so much lift it doesn't feel as bad that way as some other foils but yes try a base plate shim um Right now, the best, I think, are Wizard Hat, which will work for 6mm bolts, but if they're not 6mm, you've got to drill it out, um, which is pretty easy to do, so your bolts will fit. This could also be just foil placement in the box, too. Could be. I've seen, you know, there's there's a, a, a good amount of, you know, foils that don't match up with where the boxes are placed in the boards. Mm-hmm. Like you're saying, okay, I want to drill this base plate because yep. I can't get it in the right spot. Yep. 
and uh, I think Dave Dave went through that too mm-hmm. on uh, on one of his setups, and it's it's fairly common. Yep. That's an interesting point. One of our buddies here, Scott, who I don't know if you've gotten a foil with yet, but he has he rides the Takuma thirteen hundred, and then just got an Armstrong board, and the boxes in Armstrong won't go back far enough for him to ride the thirteen hundred. He's going to sell the board because he's just getting yarded. He's tried everything. Right. It's just the boxes are too far forward. Dave borrowed that board. That's uh-huh. the most recent yeah, example that I can think of. Yeah. And I saw Dave go through the same thing. He couldn't get he just didn't have enough runway. Right. And which is which I found odd because I think that was Armstrong's new um four <clears throat> geometry board. Which, wing board. Wing wing board, right? I, and it I has think. an ex- <clears throat> a very long box in it. So it kind of surprised me. Yeah. I don't, I'm curious what's going on there. I don't know. I ride Takuma five inches farther back than left and signature. That's huge yep. distance yep. In, in foil speak. Yep. When quarter inches and eighth inches are, you yep. know, noticeable differences. Yeah. Five inches is a lot. It's huge. Um, all right. We got uh, Tria Custom Snow Shapes says more winging please small board low wing starts and shapes contours tail kick yes or no yeah what do you think can you break that down a little bit yeah he wants more winging conversation on the show okay which is hard for me i was i uh let's see was it earlier this year in part of last year i went on uh, got super addicted to winging mm-hmm. when when I you know when it when it clicked for me, and I was able to to boost as soon as I was able to like got straps on on a strap board and was able to launch. That was I got super addicted. I went on like a six month nonstop wing rampage, and uh, and we go out and just boost in any direction I could, and and kind of started tearing my shoulders out of the sockets like hanging your entire body above your head and trying to extend and flay out your back and get as high as you can out in, in out of the water um, repeatedly, you know, in wing sessions, you're, you're holding that, you know, you're holding the kite the entire time for the most part, unless you're left in the wing, but like there's just constant pressure on your shoulders, whether, you yeah. know, you're riding, um, tacking, jiving, all that. And, um, and so I, I, uh, I, I didn't burn out, but my shoulders did. I had to back off a bit and go back to proning and take a break because yeah, my shoulders are suffering. Do you like a tail kick on a wingboard? Um, what's that mean? Is like that a un- kick pad underneath? On. Oh, oh yeah, 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 for sure. Doesn't uh, doesn't really matter all that much if you're in straps. Or maybe he does mean like the kick on the back of the board too. Yeah, like I think it works. I think those work. I think you know. I don't know how much difference that like the um you know that tail angle i'm mm-hmm. not sure what you call it yeah that wedgy tail supposedly like uh if you're proning it helps you know the wave kind of lifts up under it and pushes you up onto foil right um but i don't know that there's a real discernible difference i'm still undecided but they look cool uh I got it on my board dtm 2379 pumping game and prone downwinders uh, in regards to mass placement to back foot, that's actually an interesting. Spend a couple minutes here about how 
let's talk about stance and long runs. That's where I definitely am able to narrow my stance is, is downwind runs. Um, you know, a more narrow stance is going to be far more efficient and less tiring. And mm-hmm. it's probably a you know prerequisite on like Molokai to Maui type runs, you know, those, those crazy, you know, channel crossings you see the Spencers and Kailani and all these kind of guys, um, with a pretty narrow stance. Um, I don't know what else to say about that. (laughs) From my experience, I can say that as I've gotten, I think the, the, the biggest evolution in, in my foiling personally this year has been moving my front foot. I moved my front foot a lot. I've moved my back foot for a long time. Like from the amount of sup surfing I did back in the day, I got really comfortable moving my back foot. Uh, but now I move my front foot constantly. And that has really helped in the longer runs because I move my front foot back probably about three inches from where I normally surf with it mm-hmm. to evenly distribute weight. And so that takes... During pumping? Both, yeah. Okay. During runs, pumping. If I'm on a setup that has enough like lift to where I don't have to move back to turn, even during carving during like shore runner type runs, my stance changes a good bit. Um, I change it. Sometimes my front foot, I change like every time I come off foil to pump, I move my, uh, or come off, come off a wave to pump. I move my front foot and my back foot. I move them both forward now, mm-hmm. which I didn't used to do. I used to just move my back foot up, but now I actually scoot my front foot up too to get more forward drive. On other wings aside from the Tukuma? Yeah. Right. Yeah, I do that on like even the Lift 100, I move it up. Or Lift 120, right. I move it up. Um, but yeah, and that's one of the things that like I don't strap ride, but doesn't it feel weird to be locked in and be stuck in a place? Like that's one of the things like, I can't wrap my head around. It can be annoying at times, mm-hmm. um, but you know, you usually have that quarter inch, half inch, probably half, half probably full inch or more actually of maybe inch and an inch and a half of movement inside your straps. Yeah. And you can, and I definitely feel myself frequently. Yeah. Like shuffling my feet to the front of the straps, moving them to the back, just adjusting and, you know, micro adjustments during a ride, but being locked in on the straps is also a pretty special feeling. You know, you don't, you're not just pushing now. You can also pull, kind of curl your toes up, um, it mm. lets you, uh, you know how they say uh, eject, don't correct, mm-hmm. you know, when you're riding foils because you don't, you don't want that thing talking on you. But it allows you to get kind of out in precarious, you know, angles and situations and just yank your board back under your feet. The level of control is, is, is pretty satisfying when you're riding straps. It feels like cheating at times. Does it? It's kind of a different, you know, it's almost a different sport in a sense. Yeah, I would say so. I mean, if you look at what like Austin's doing, I mean, I watched you blast massive airs the other day, almost land a three. Um, and then you watch what Austin's doing with like backflips and stuff. That seems like a different sport to me. Right. It's like, it's yeah. crazy. Austin does some gnarly stuff. Right. Him and Noah on the, on the wake is, are there, it's gotta be the best two guys doing it. It's, they, they it's insane. Be. Yeah. It's insane. I don't even know what you called Noah's last twisty McFlip thing. That's that's insane. It's ridiculous. We need to get on that boat. Talk to Austin. <laughs> yeah. um, Come on, boys. 
he'll, call I mean, us up. He's, yeah, I've never, he's invited me a few times. I've never been able to go. Um, we talked about Jay Peterson wanted to know how the conditions are different for Hawaii and how that's changed your foil setup. We covered that one. Uh, favorite foil setups from Blee Hawaii 8. What up? Uh, we covered that one. Yeah, Brian. Christian Honey Badger. I don't know if this is a good question or a bad question. Ask Brian what a Boto is. Boto? <laughs> That's a Hawaii thing. Should I keep going? It's, a, it's, a, it's like, a, it's it's what we use to like trick or make fun of tourists. No. You know, say, there's a thing like it was on, it was on Instagram, like uh, for tourists, you say, you get them to say Boto. And that just means dong. No. <laughs> <laughs> David. <laughs> Thanks for your excellent question, David. I appreciate it, man. He's moving to St. Augustine. What? Really? Yeah, Christian Honeybat. He he just bought a house. No way. Yeah. I hope I didn't out him. Uh oh. I wasn't thinking about that. Well. But another boy, another another foil frother in the crew. Uh think we covered the questions oh no alex what up alex uh our buddy here um efoil versus behind a ski for learning what would be easier for someone that's never foiled probably efoil a touch easier Mm -hmm. yeah but they're both you know yeah yeah probably efoil i would say a little bit easier but it doesn't necessarily teach you how to foil behind a boat or foil behind uh, or, or foil waves it's kind of, that's definitely its own sport. Right. We're going to have e-foil racing at some point. They're doing it. Are they really? Yeah. yeah they're doing it. Uh, who's a uh, court caught in the court in the act. The English dude. Uh-huh. He's like, uh, yeah, I think him and their crew, they're doing racing and he's blasting. I think he might've set a record if I can't. Yeah. You wouldn't want to be leading that race and fall. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. Just get chopped in half. Um, SF Photos Hawaii, do goofy footers do it better? Seems like the quality of these questions is starting to diminish <laughs> as this post lagged on, right? Um, all right, we're going to end with this one. Another one from Tria Customs Snow Shapes. How do you breach a wingtip and recover with a wing? So on, on wing. I don't know. Just kind of do it. Speed. Usually speed helps if you're going slow. It's, mm-hmm. it's going to be a lot harder for sure. Straps make it pretty easy. Why? I guess if you're if you're turning, uh, just just the extra control. Yeah, yeah. Wherever that foil starts to squiggle off to, you can just kind of yank it back under you. Um, but it's kind of kind of hard to. I'm not really sure what he's asking. Like when you're doing a cutback or. Yeah. I'm not sure. Um, I think, and I don't wing, but in my experience in the surf, breaching tips and recovering has more to do with the foil than you. Yeah. I mean, I can't breach the 1250. I've never recovered from like a solid turn with a tip out. And it seems like the more you're loaded in a turn, like the harder you're pushing on the foil when it breaches, the foils that can't handle it, the quicker you go down. So that's why it happens. It's why I get so frustrated with it and I don't ride wings that don't reach is because 
if you're really banking over a turn, it puts you in a really bad spot really quickly when you breach. The harder you bank, the more likely the Taco. tip's coming out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So then you try to then then you have to kind of safety surf and then everything kind of suffers for that. Where other foils where you can trust them, like lift 150 V2, 120, signature, even Takuma breach is insane. Like those things will like and it looks like the 925 breach is really good too. Yeah. I've watched you load that thing. I watched you do um a full wrap with probably four or five inches of tip out. You didn't even know. It's it's hard to keep the tips in the water on that board actually, because or on that foil, because it's it's broad, mm-hmm. and yeah, just being high aspect and a fairly wide one at that. Right on, man. What do you want to leave folks with? Um, let's see. I don't know. Uh, it's been a blast being here. It's everything super new. Just very. Gr- grateful for uh you know all the love from you and the, you and the boys and um your mic's level is a lot higher than it looks like in video oh yeah yeah you guys really rip that's good. yeah for you, like what you guys are doing but i'm a little bit better <laughs> just getting that out there i'm just joking <laughs> every other session you guys yeah are, every other session you guys are so up and up and um i'm excited to uh to be in this battle you know we're trying to outdo each other already in every session and and uh ryan's taking down more than a his share i don't know man it's it feels i feel like i'm trying to keep up usually um but between yeah you and mike and and then austin and and throw myself in the mix um it's exciting to see where this goes you know how hard we can push ourselves in in this kind of like real short boardy rippable type surf um, dude, I'm so frothy to have like a crew, like, if, like there's a book I love called, uh, I think it's the talent code, which is about the evolution in sports and, and like, um, you, there are hot pockets. So if you think about Dominican Republic for baseball, mm-hmm. it's like one neighborhood produced, I don't even know how many pros and it's because they get to see each other play against each other and then their internal battles now create like this hot pocket of of talent and i feel like jacksonville with you coming and um like we have like a very cool like foil core group here now that's going to be really fun i think it's going to make us all better and i think that you know you see the guys in california the guys in hawaii this is happening all over there's little groups of people that are going to probably out progress like the people that are foiling by themselves because they don't have that um those levels of competition we need to get together i think it'd be super fun to do like a foil challenge like a team-based foil challenge yeah. like the crews you know like they do for college surf teams yeah or the surf shop challenges they, they do that do. down uh in coco or is they, it they, they run those yeah kind of type things yeah yeah like uh team heats or something that'd be fun all right ryan well this was rad you're gonna be coming on a lot more now that you're here locally and we got a studio set up this is pretty dope um we'll be pumping the the surf camp yep talking about that some more and looking forward to to the first one coming up um the waves are going to be on in september yeah should be good yeah yeah i mean this is the first storm happening right now and this will start yeah we should have some some real um east coast waves right it's not hawaii waves (laughs) not hawaii waves but yeah if anyone out there wants to 
come and learn from the master foil of the world, Brian Finch, shoot him a DM and we'll be setting some dates. You know, if you're in the Southeast, you're like a little driveway, probably be like two or three day. Um, I think camp is the wrong word for what we'll be doing at the beginning. It'll probably be more like videoed sessions with extensive breakdowns after the fact, coaching, you know? Yeah. yeah. In water coaching and yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you're going to be there too, right? Yeah, I'll be there. I'll be there. <laughs> learn from this guy. Learn how to tail blow. Um, right on. Cool, Brian. Thank you. Thanks for having me on, buddy. This is the Progression Project Podcast. Deconstructing foiling, flow, and the learning process with your host, Eric Anthemson.